Well, good morning, everyone. My name is John, and I am super excited for this morning. Uh, one of the things that we talk about on a regular basis is that church is not a place that you go, but it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's something that you decide that I'm going to join in this way of loving Jesus, loving each other, and loving the world. And we believe that it's the best way to live, but it's often a a difficult, a countercultural, a sacrificial, a you know, kind of go against the grain of where the rest of culture is going type of way of just this extreme loving and grace and saying no to some things that it seems like everyone else is saying yes to and standing up for things that uh, maybe other people aren't standing up for. And so the big question is, is how do we grow in that? How do we, you know, if we express interest in that, if we're starting to grow in this even a little bit, what are the ways that we take these next steps that we talk about? And there's a lot of ways to take next steps in your spiritual life. Uh, prayer and Bible reading and going to church and uh, going out in nature. So many great ways to grow uh, with Jesus. But one of the common denominators I know of, that every single person that I've ever looked up to and said, man, that person is spiritually deep, mature, whatever else, is they always have some ones that they can point to and say it was because of that person, it was because of that person, it was because of the influence that they had on my life. It was because I watched how they treated other people. It was because I it was because they taught me how to pray, because they taught me how to read the Bible. And kind of the whole picture of Christianity is that it's people helping other people grow in Jesus. And the big Bible word for that is what we call discipleship. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is how I believe all of you have the ability to help other people grow, and how if you really want to grow, then you need to find someone else to help you grow. Uh, and why we're talking about that is because we've been studying for the last couple of weeks this book of 1 Corinthians, and uh, today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And so this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we're in verse 14. And this will let you know what we're talking about. So he says, my dear children, this is who the church, this is who Paul is writing to. My dear children, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, this is our key word for this. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I am sending to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord, he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, with a, which agrees with what I teach in every church I go. So what Paul is saying here is that it, church in Corinth 2,000 years ago, if you want to know what it looks like to follow Jesus, here's what I want you to do. Watch me. Just imitate me. The way you see me treat people, the way you see me talk, the way you see me spend my money, the way you see me approach every aspect of my life, just watch me and try to imitate that because I'm trying to follow Jesus. And so if you imitate me, then you will start to follow Jesus too. And then he says, not only me, but this guy, Timothy, who's someone that uh, Paul discipled, if you watch me or if you watch Timothy, if you imitate one of us, then you will find yourself becoming more like Jesus. And that's the picture of what discipleship is, is I'm going to watch someone else and how they follow Jesus I'm going to try to follow Jesus like that too. So to talk about that today, I have two special guests with me, uh, Alyssa Bubb and Ray Pierce, who are two of our uh, small group leaders. Uh, we have over 15 small groups, uh, community groups in uh, Christchurch Albany, which is amazing. 
and all of the leaders of those groups at some level have signed off on this to say we want to be spiritual mentors for other people in our church that we're willing to take on the responsibility that the folks that are in our group that they can look to me to figure out what it looks like to follow jesus Oops, i got someone calling me on facetime go away <laughs> I, and so I'm super interested to hear about their stories of how they have been mentored and how they have started the journey of mentoring as well. So, uh, hey, Alyssa, and hey, Ray. And so uh, let's start with uh, Alyssa, and then we'll go to Ray. And so it has that is what I've just been saying, has that been true in your life? How important have spiritual mentors been in your walk with Jesus so far and learning what it looks like to follow Jesus? Yeah, I would say spiritual mentors have been very important to me. Both formal and informal uh, spiritual mentors are campus staff. Um, her name was Amber. She was just a few years older than me, but at the time felt like she was just so wise and like so mature and she kind of took me under uh, her wing, learned so much from her. I think you mentioned specifically like learning how to pray and learning how to read the Bible and like um, I learned a ton of different styles of worship from her, like revisiting liturgies and, you know, doing prayer beads, like some more conservative styles of prayer that I'd never been exposed to, um, but were like, really helpful or like taking time to be silent in God and with God and just listening. Um, How about you, Ray? Well, what's been the role of spiritual mentorship in your life? Yeah, so, um, you know, initially, as a kid growing up, I was raised Catholic, and, you know, I went through all the sacraments and kind of decided to be done with religion, and I was, you know, so I kind of stepped away from that, and then I got involved with Young Life in my late teens, like at the end of high school, early college. What was different for me is I'd gone to all different types of camps as a kid, and then on Young Life camp, what was different was the way people treated me. I felt like the adults or the older the older teens, 20 somethings who were like running the camp, they like, they cared about me. They weren't, they didn't make fun of me. Um, there was a different sort of treatment there. Uh, you mentioned a couple times in there, Ray, that, I mean, it was just the way that they treated you is the way they talked to you is you mm -hmm. saw something in them. And so I think that's an interesting thing about spiritual discipleship yeah. mentorship. So how much in both of your experiences, but we'll start with Ray, how much of it was what they actually taught you and said, you know, so it was that they were actually pulling you aside and, you know, and I'm going to take some time to really impart some wisdom on you and how much of it was just that they were around you and you were able mm -hmm. to observe, here's what someone a little bit further along on the Jesus track looks like. So part of it was seeing how people treat each other and seeing that first. I'm like, there's something different about these people. Like, what is it? I want to know more about what's different. And then the next part was really then getting, reading the Bible. And then reading the Bible was such a beautiful thing because you really got to see who Jesus was. You got to see how he engaged with people, how he loved um, prostitutes, how he loved um, tax collectors, how he loved the people that were disabled and the people that need healing. And, and he didn't push people away based on who they were. Um, he engaged with them and he loved them. And I'm like, some of the things that are in the Bible are so beautiful. So that, that was like the second thing was actually reading the Bible um, with this group of people. Yeah, but it was through 
hanging around those people and seeing their lifestyle that drove you to want to read the Bible that they were reading that was changing their life. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Alyssa? How much of the spiritual mentors in your life, how much was stuff that was caught and how much was taught? Yeah, definitely a balance of both. I, um, again, I'm thinking about my relationship with my university staff worker, Amber, and it was definitely a balance. Because um, I think that's the primary like formal mentor role um, that I've experienced. And she taught me a lot. We actually would meet up like very intentionally, like once a week, mm. and we read through a book together um, on evangelism. And, but also, it was like partnered with sharing life with me. She also like invited me to come to her home and like and brought me to her church and like also had this like informal like exposure and um, just like made it more casual sometimes as well. It wasn't like she was exclusively a teacher, exclusively a mentor. She was also a friend. Um, I trusted her mm -hmm. and I got to see how she yeah. lived her life, right? Like um, yep. I got to see how she, uh, did self-care she like exposed me to this concept of it is okay to get massages like it's not frivolous right like you need to find ways to take care of yourself yeah. in your ministry in um in your life right mm -hmm. um, that, that's going to be the biggest takeaway for some people today it's okay to get a massage permission <laughs> <laughs> so glad i came to church today but like it's all about right like filling being filled up so you can fill others right like if you're a mentor if you're be a spiritual advisor at any level or example to people like and you need to be filled up too and it, yeah like reading the bible and praying mm -hmm. and like is so important but so is being healthy and like relaxed so now both you guys are in that role of you know for you Alyssa I mean you, you are intentionally taking some some of our high school students and you're taking some of our uh, young adults or maybe not as young adults, I don't know who's, who's all in your group, uh, under your wing and they look to you as their spiritual mentor, as someone who's teaching them what it looks like to follow Jesus. And then same for you, Ray, people are looking to you and your community group to follow Jesus. And I just like that people were looking for something, like you were looking to see something different in those people in camp all those years ago. Now there's people in your life that are looking to see if there's anything different in your life. And so I don't know, how do you guys feel about that responsibility? Does that feel like something that you walk into and you feel and you feel comfortable in or does it just feel overwhelming and daunting? Yeah, I was thinking about this quite a bit and to me, it feels like a terrifying privilege. Um, it's something that like it's beautiful um, and you know, it's, we have an example for it with Paul and Timothy and the early church. So it's like beautiful to be part of that heritage and to like kind of bring that lineage through to the modern times, but like it's also so scary. And I've really had to battle um, quite a bit with reminding myself that, you know, if people are looking to you, that doesn't mean you need to be perfect, right? I have like a, a tendency towards legalism. Anyhow, I have a tendency to, follow rules. I feel a lot, a lot of comfort in that. Um, mm -hmm. But when it goes to that next level of, oh, people are, are looking to me as an example, therefore I need to live perfectly. It actually has the opposite effect, right? You're no longer approachable. You're not being vulnerable. Yeah. You put up this wall and 
you're just not being honest. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've found that over the past, you know, two decades as I've unraveled that um, and just like allowed myself to be like, the imperfect person that I am, like God has really used that. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that like sometimes if people join a small group and if they're in it for weeks, months, and they're like, I'm just not getting anything out of it. I feel like that's usually why they're not getting anything out of it is because the group is too superficial and it might be mm -hmm. the whole yeah. group is or because, but yeah, if you're not willing to like share your real prayer request, if you're yeah. not willing to share what's really going on, then you're probably not going to grow. You're just going to all be nice. Mm -hmm. You're going to be nice people all hanging out. And it feels like the part of spiritual mentorship is like, yeah, let's, let's actually help each other. And that means sharing our junk. So in our men's group, you know, we have like a, we have a variety, we have such a variety of an age range. We have like, we have a guy, we have a guy in his twenties all the way up to like a guy in his seventies. Uh, you know, we have people that have young kids. We have people that have kids who are adults, um, people who've never had children, um, just kind of all different walks of life and just gone through different things. So it's really cool to kind of, you know, you know, hear about what different people have, have um, experienced um, in their lives. And it's been helpful. And, you know, for, for me, you know, I'm, I have young children. So it's nice to be able to talk to people that have older children and, you know, what it's like to go through different stages or what they did in different stages of, of, a, of the child's life. Um, and then certainly, you know, sometimes understanding scripture, there's certain parts of scripture that aren't always easy to understand. And, and getting different people's takes on the meaning and um and then you know a lot of times there's practical things i think uh i think i ended up uh you know making some financial decisions to, to address a few things based on some advice someone else had because they had more financial experience and had dealt with a similar situation so you know i think i think i've got you know a number of different people that are involved in my life and i think that's i think that's cool and i think it's important to have different people to go to. I don't, I don't think it has to be, it doesn't have to be like a whole village. It can be one or two people or, but you at least, you at least definitely have to have one person involved in your life that you can really, you can really share and be, be yourself with, I would say. Yeah. And I think it's something we've talked about before, but I think that feeds into the need of what most people really feel. I mean, I, I would like to think that everyone is out there thinking, I would love to have a mentor. I would love to have, you know, someone lead me spiritually. And maybe some people who are watching this, that's what they're thinking. But I think one of the biggest needs for people, I'm always shocked by how many people really feel pretty lonely in their life and they mm -hmm. don't feel like they have a lot of friends. And I think that's the church should be full of people with really, really great friendships. And that means that you have people that you can invite over and people that invite you over and people that you hang mm -hmm. out with and people you have fun with and laugh with and celebrate. And who are helping you grow because that's a real friend is someone who is helping you grow deeper and bigger. And that's what we want to be as a church. We don't want to be a church where anyone is doing life alone. And we don't want to be a church where anyone is doing their spiritual life alone. You should be doing it with a group of people. You should be doing it with a group of people or one individual, whoever, who is encouraging you where you're encouraging them. And to me, that's the whole that's the idea of spiritual mentorship. It doesn't need to be something that's super complicated. It's people helping people figure this whole thing out. Absolutely. I, I have this like really cheesy story of um, this kid, Matt and I used to lead a small group in Rochester and 
one of the things that we did um, with the intention of serving our friends and like being an example of what Christianity could look like was we had a kickball team and we joined the the kickball league in Rochester and invited mm -hmm. some of our Christian friends and our non-Christian friends and we we drank beer and we had got sponsored by a bar and we like tried to model what it could look like to be a Christian and like invited people to small group and in turn we actually saw some of our friends come to Jesus and it was you know while it wasn't like a formal mentoring role at all it was Christians having fun inviting Christians to do life together and non-Christians to do life together to like build the kingdom um and it was you know one of the most like fruitful joyful experiences um even though I'm really really bad at kickball so I'm not <laughs> that again but <laughs> Yeah, it's all about like sharing life. So uh, maybe one of the last questions for today. So at, at the end of chapter four, Paul is saying that as he's writing this letter, he's in a different city at this point, he's in Ephesus. And at some point he's gonna come back to Corinth. And he's really, I mean, in most of the letter in the Corinthians, he's kind of taken the Corinthian church to the woodshed a little bit. I mean, he really wants to see them make some changes in their spiritual life. and he kind of gives them like almost like a, seems like an ultimatum at the end of chapter four where he's like all right when i come how am i going to have to come am i going to have to come with a whip or do i get to come with like encouragement and with love and it feels like in a mentor relationship there's a time for both of those I and mean, there's a time where it, it's wonderful when you get to sit across from someone and they just like man you're growing so much and you know you're doing so great in your marriage and i'm so proud of you and you're reading your bible and that's great but if someone, if you really let someone else into your life, like you guys were saying earlier, if you're being like authentic, there's a chance that at some point they might see something in your life that maybe you don't even see yet that really needs to be addressed. Uh, or the other way, if you guys are really spending time with your group and they're being authentic, then part of the role of being a spiritual mentor means you might have to have a really difficult conversation because you see that yeah. they're traveling a road that if they keep traveling is not going to end up well for them. Mm -hmm. So have you guys ever had any experience one way or the other where either you had a spiritual mentor that really had to pull you aside and have a tough conversation with you uh, or have you ever had to pull someone aside and had a pretty difficult loving but tough conversation because that's there, there's all kinds of different kinds of love and so we're talking about tough love sometimes we all need that tough love so yeah i think there's definitely there's definitely times where you have to be um strong with people and and i think especially and i think you have to have that relationship with a person i think you know like in young life they always talked about you have to earn the right to be heard by somebody so like you're not just going up to a stranger or someone you don't know very well and kind of like you know you know getting into it with them you're you're doing it as someone who knows them well as a friend and involved in your in your life as well so it's so I think, I think you have to be, you have to have that sort of relationship with the person to be able to, to do that. Yeah. I so agree with that. Um, one of the things I was going to share, or I will share, um, is on the receiving end of um, discipline. I, when I was thinking through like, man, when have I been disciplined? All I could, you know, I could think of um, two instances <laughs> where people that I had not invited to be mentors in my life and I had not invited to be close enough to call me out on things, like took it upon themselves to confront me about things that I was doing that they thought were like 
wrong or sinful or whatever. And I, I was like appalled and angry because mm. I hadn't invited them to have that like level of intimacy with me. Like it was just wildly inappropriate. Mm. Um, whether or not it was right, like it's kind of besides the point, it shouldn't have been coming from them. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it should be. And I hope that's a, a culture of our church is that we're not the church who's just going to go out and just we're wagging the finger at everyone. We're the church who's going to be building deep relationships with people. And in those deep relationships, we will have lots of encouraging and helpful conversations, but there might be some really difficult conversations in there too, but we're going to do it in deep relationships. That's the way we roll. All right. Well, we're going to, it's, the end of our service so we're gonna celebrate communion together and i love to celebrate communion and it's one of the things i love about church is that we do it every single week because again we're we're mentoring people but we're not we have to be very careful what we're pushing people towards because there might be other groups where they're helping them be better dads or be better you know with their finances or whatever else but at the end of the day we're trying to help people not just become better people we're trying to help people to become like Jesus, that this is the center of what we do. And that's the center of what Paul was trying to, the foundation of their lives was the gospel. And so, and this is the reminder that we don't have to be perfect, that we are covered by grace, that we are forgiven of sins and yeah, just everything of the love. So that's all of what communion represents. Uh, so I, I got some like hamburger rolls and seltzer today. That's my communion. <laughs> now you, you, you got real wine. You got the real deal, Ray. I like it. Well, you don't know, John. It could be grape juice. Yeah, that's, that's true. I like it. So, all right. Well, the three of us together and then everyone else watching online, uh, let's take the bread together and let's remember that we have a God that loves us enough to come to earth to be with us, to die for us and forgive us of our sins. And that that is worth working together to love him and to find ways to follow him together. So let's take that bread. And let's take the cup to remember that Jesus loves us enough to die for us. He shows us what love is like, and we're gonna to try to demonstrate that love to the people around us. All right, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the way in which you've used uh, Alyssa and Ray throughout their lives and the way in which you've used other people to help them grow. I know that you have a plan for each of us, that you want us to take step. You want us to experience your love in bigger and deeper ways. You want to change our lives. You want to see us move beyond the struggles that we have now, the doubts that we have now. You have a kingdom way of life for us to go. So help us to not try to get there alone. Help us to ask for help. Help us to give help. Help us to be that kind of a group and help us to do it all in your name, leading people towards your cross. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you, Jim. So enjoy and yeah, we'll talk soon. We're going to sing a couple more songs with Jenna and Steven. So see you guys later.